1: Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God.
2: And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Ramah Word of Faith, the Word Church. We've been speaking on the subject all week of uh, mind renewal, renewing of the mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I know this is not a subject that's uh, taught in a lot of our congregations or talked about amongst a lot of Christians, but uh, the Bible instructs us to be transformed or conformed into the image of jesus and when the bible speaks to that he's saying uh basically what he said in james don't just hear the word only but, but be, doer. be doers of it meaning i'll receive with meekness the engrafted word and then act on it that's what faith means i'm acting on what i believe and we declare ourselves to be believers we believe the word of god so with that said we're going to start today In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Now, this is Jesus. He's speaking to Christians here in in this book. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm going to stop right there because a lot of us have misinterpreted this scripture and meant you can't go to heaven. It didn't say nothing about going to heaven. It says enter the kingdom of heaven, meaning enter God's way of doing things. That's what that means. Okay, I'm going to finish up. But he who does the will of the Father in heaven. So that's what he means. Kingdom of heaven doing the will of the Father in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I, Jesus said, will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And now, again, I have understanding because in 1 Corinthians he was talking about though you do all these things and you don't have love, for others you're like sounding brass. And and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my word. But what I want to do now is give a little more definition on what Jesus was saying because he gives definition on it in verse 21. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, meaning his word, and does them, Uh Uh-oh, there's that being a doer. I will liken him to a wise man or woman who built his or her house on the rock. God's rock is referred to as revelation, some understanding. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Just before the broadcast, we were talking about a situation that myself and my wife are going through. And uh, my manager asked, "Say, hey Vince, wow, most people would crack under a situation like this, some adversity. Well, if you, if your house is built on the rock, <laughs> he just told you the winds and the floods, they're gonna come against it, but it's not gonna fall. So, let's well, see
1: what I like about that. You know, before you go on, is it's a given that the winds and the rain are gonna come. Storms right? will and come. If, it's not if." The winds it's and the rain and the storms come. It's when they come. They're right. going to come.
2: And trials and tribulations are going to come in the Christian's life. Not only trials and tribulations. Jesus says you'll be persecuted for the word's sake. And I know in this country we don't believe that the devil has permission to, to roam around the United States of America and persecute Christians. He just does it. Yes, he does it subtly in this nation. He used the systems, the court systems, uh, the judicial system. He uses all these other systems because he has people in those systems. God's desire is to put people in those systems because the scripture tells me this. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. What are they doing right now? I hear a lot of groaning out there. But that tells us, you know, the whole earth, we said it last week, are waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. God's waiting on us. The earth's waiting on us to take our right position and bring some heaven to earth.
1: Well, see, people have forgotten, and we don't want to get too far off track here, but people have forgotten that the whole earth is suffering because of our sin. Right. That the lion did lie down with the lamb. The the death and the destruction and the chaos that we see was not normal. That wasn't the way it was to be. And it was because man brought sin because of our sin. Sin came into the world. Mm-hmm. The world that we see and the destruction and the death and the chaos that we see is a result of mankind's sin. Mm-hmm. And so the whole world is groaning. The whole world is suffering because of us.
2: But they're waiting on this, and God's waiting on this. Thy kingdom come, His will being done here on earth as is done in heaven. Again, we're the body of Christ. We're Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. And I'm going to pick it up back at the scripture. I'm going to look at verse 25. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. That house represents you.
0: Right, that's beautiful.
2: You shall not fall because it was founded on the rock. That's the rock of revelation. That's the rock of truth. That's God's word. Look at verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine, the word of God, and does not do them, they don't do the word of God. They hear it, but they don't do it. Look, be will be like, a foolish man or woman who built his or her house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was this fall and again sand represents also this world system the same one he told us over in romans don't be conformed to but yet be transformed by the renewing of our mind he wants us to Renew our mind to his word and his way of doing things, doing things in good times and bad times, in trials and tribulations. Remember, he says, preach the word in season, out of season. Well, I'm going to say do the word in season and out of season. When pressure come on you, we talk about it on this broadcast all the time. That's the finest hour for you to do the word (laughs) when you're getting flipped off in traffic. okay? and we're just using this as a simple example. Do the word. Remember? And here's do the word. Bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Don't trade evil for evil. Overcome evil with good. That's how the kingdom works.
1: And another example is somebody at work kind of does you wrong. Mm -hmm. Somebody at work kind of sneaks around behind your back. Somebody at work says something that you don't like. Somebody at work does something you don't like. The world says, well, you get even with them. Mm -hmm. The world says you wait until you get a chance, and now you get even with them. That's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about forgiving and loving those who are your enemies, praying for those that despitefully use you. And this is where the rubber meets the road on all this stuff. You know, we read these verses and we hear these verses and we know that the Bible talks about praying for those that despitefully use you. And somehow we think that's got to be like some big enemy or something. That could just be somebody you live with. That could be somebody right. that you work with. That could be anybody And they do you wrong. They say something or do something or somehow take advantage of you. And now what are you going to do? Are you going to get even? It's
2: Time for the rubber meet the road.
1: Are you going to pray for those that despitefully use you? You're going to love those who persecute you. Or
2: are you you going to do what Jesus says, verse 24, whoever hears these sayings of mine mine and does them, I would liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. So we're going to find out what your house, again, always tell people, Life is going to give you an opportunity to prove what your house was built on. And, and you're the house. Well,
1: you're going to find out what you believe.
2: Right. We're going to find We're, out what you believe.
1: I've had people say all the time, I wonder how many people would go to church in America if it was illegal this Sunday to go. If the government said yeah, it's, you can't, il- it's illegal to go to church and you're going to be arrested if you do, how many people are going to show up? I think you You would find, once again, the road meets the road. People are going to, You're going to find out what do people really believe. Mm,
2: they say we can't go. Well, what does Jesus say? And, and we know Jesus said the Scripture talks about obeying man's commands as or God's command, or being a man pleaser or a God pleaser. And our as kingdom citizens, as children of the Most High God, we're commanded to be God pleasers. Remember Hebrews eleven six. Without faith in God, it's impossible to please Him. For those who come to him must believe he is, and he's a rewarder. See, God's still going to, remember, he's a rewarder of obedience. We talked about it the other day. Obedience is better than sacrifice. (laughs) And the scripture says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Again, we understand that there's going to come a time on the earth where when the Antichrist has risen, and you're going to have to take the sixes or go to the chopping block. Hopefully, I'm resurrected by that time. But if not, we're going to have to make a decision, a choice. Which one are you going to take? Are you going to take the mark of the beast? Or you are going to continue to have faith in God?
1: About five years ago at our church on a Wednesday night, we had been talking about this very thing. And somebody came up with the idea, and I thought it was a good one. On a Wednesday night Bible study, we locked the doors and put up these signs. We just printed them, hand printed them. This church closed by the government and put them up and on the outside of the door on the outside of the door and turn the lights out and just to see what people would do when they came and everybody was like freaking out a little bit, you know, about, about, about what was going on. And one person had brought somebody and they, and they actually told her, they said, well, I don't want to go to any church that the government would close it down. And this, this is the kind of thing that we're talking about where if the government said all churches are closed, would anybody go? Would people go, or would they say, "Okay, well"? We're gonna we be just a little more go.
2: specific. If the government said all, all the churches' buildings or services are canceled, right? Because the here's the deal: different. the church is us, and we can still have a service, you know, amongst ourselves. We're have, this is a service right here. But We're it having was, a, it
1: was funny the reaction of of people. You know, right. Wow, the government shut them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
2: know? Well, are you gonna still preach the gospel, even though? Remember in the Book of Acts. After Peter and them got filled with the spirit, uh, there were some religious leaders and and some Pharisees and scribes, some religious leaders and political leaders talking about, you guys better not be out here preaching that gospel no more. You saw what we did to y'all leader Jesus. But after they was filled and Jesus told them, don't go out and do no more ministry until the Holy Spirit come on you and you'll be endued with power. After that, you saw how Peter, he's the main one and he was the main one previous to the crucifixion that denied jesus well, but now his faith was on I fire know. he's like man if it's come to pleasing you and god i'm gonna do what god says and he started preaching the gospel again that's an example to us because that time is gonna come it's the scripture talks about it. it's gonna come where you're gonna receive the mark of the beast or you're gonna have to put your head on the chopping block and we're gonna really find out do you really believe that you're gonna spend eternity with god
1: well you know th- the subtlety is, that for most people in America, it's you get laughed at, you get mocked. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about the fact you might used to be in this country, if you were a Christian, that kind of helped you get a job. I think the day has come now where if, really? if people when was that? find out that you're a Christian, it might not always get you a job in this country now. And so I think that um, the persecution that we see is becoming a little more overt. It's out in the open a little more than it used to be other countries and we've had this discussion before off the air other countries just absolutely will say it's illegal to be a christian you're going to go to prison if you're a christian what's happening right now in northern iraq in mosul um, people that are christians are having their houses burned they're having their businesses burned they're being killed they are being run out of the country if they're not killed and so it's very overt it's a it's a organized and you'd have to say that that group there is represents the government, at least at this point. It's an organized thing by the government. And there are a lot of places in the world where it is. Our country hasn't yet reached the place where it's an organized thing of the government. Well, that just because you're a Christian, you're going to go to jail. Well,
2: And we got something in our country called freedom of religion. But so I we're think, covered. <laughs>
1: but I think that where we're going in this country is I think we'll see a day and age in this country where... Persecution will be almost a governmental thing where it's okayed. Well, We've you never know what? Seen that in this country, but I think that's where we're headed,
2: right? Especially again, we said the earth is waiting, the U.S. is waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. Especially if we don't go and infiltrate those uh, those agencies with the kingdom. That's what that's still the command: go into all the world with the gospel. And again, we believe that just going to people's house, that's not going into our workplace with the gospel. Because again, remember, we've been taught, you can't, don't talk about what? You can't talk about with people? Politics and what? Really? My <laughs> so, two favorite uh,
1: subjects too, politics and religion. Right, right, and you about. can't talk
2: about it. But see, but we've been programmed to believe that. So now at the workplace, praise the Lord, I got a workplace that I can preach the gospel and speak of the gospel. But we've been programmed in this nation, this is not the place for it. And again, God that's not God's desire. God's desire, and we know it from his word, go preach the gospel to all people. And again, so when Christians, a lot of Christians get to their workplace, a lot of people in their workplace, non Christians, don't uh, don't believe, don't know that they're believers because they're actually what Paul talks about, a shame of the gospel. And remember I'm reminded of what Jesus said. If you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. And I, and with that said, I'm just going to say something else. That I, was, went to a, a, I was asked to be the keynote speaker at this organization called Successful Thinkers. <laughs> and I was reminded of protocol. And again, previous to that, a friend of mine, Sister Cindy Powers, give it up to Cindy, she talked about Native American protocol, how they have a protocol when they in the presence of their elders or people of authority. So that reminded me about what God commanded us to do as Christians. Remember, we're still in the context. Hear these sayings of mine and do them. God desires Christians to acknowledge him in all our, his, our ways and not to be ashamed of the gospel. Because Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll shame you. So anyway, yesterday I started off my presentation with a reminder of protocol. As a Christian, I have a protocol, and my protocol is as such. First, acknowledge God. I'm going acknowledge him for allowing me to be a part of the day he has made. I'm going to acknowledge him for giving me this opportunity to speak in front of these people. And then I honored the person that invited me to speak. And then I acknowledge, I honored and acknowledged all the participants that were there. But again, the world will tell you, don't bring God into these secular events. Now, am I going to do what the world's programmed me to do? Or am I going to do what a reprogrammed mind of God commands me to do? And that's the honor of the Father. Jesus said that everywhere He went, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me. He's always acknowledged the Father. And again, in this country, a lot of Christians we've been taught and programmed to be ashamed of the gospel. Be ashamed because you're a Christian. And again, that should be the number one thing you should be most proud of. Right,
1: we never, we should never be ashamed of the gospel. That's Paul writes, you know, in Corinthians. He says, uh, all I preached was christ and him crucified that's all i spoke about and we never need to be ashamed of that and the reason why is because he is sufficient for everything every problem man has a sin problem you can't solve it any way except through jesus christ Mm -hmm. that's the only way he is the only answer to man's sin problem Mm -hmm. and all the problems that man has he is the answer for and so we never need to be ashamed. The other day, somebody was talking about sciences. I said, we never have to take a backseat to anybody. People will say, well, you just believe that spiritual mumbo jumbo. You just need a crutch. We used to have a governor here in California actually said that. Um, You know, the religious people, they just need a crutch. People will say that all the time. You just need a crutch. You just believe that spiritual stuff. We don't have to be embarrassed that we're Christians. We don't have to be ashamed that we're Christians. We don't have to be embarrassed of Jesus. He has all of the wit all of the wisdom of the world, all the knowledge of the world, all the power of the world. And we do not have to take second place to anybody. We never have to be ashamed of the fact that we're a Christian.
2: And that's what Paul was saying. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God to salvation to those who believe. And that's what he was saying right here. Back to that verse in Matthew 7 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many signs, of ones in your name? He like, Yeah, you did that at the Sunday service, but come Monday, you was ashamed of the gospel. You don't talk about demons being cast out when you get to work or your co-worker that really needs a demon cast out. You're not magnifying and glorifying me. You don't even pray over your food at work. Again, that's being a shame of the gospel. And that's not showing the love of God. I believe that includes that. But again, the meat of the message here is hearing these sayings of mine and doing them or not doing them. Being wise, building your house on the rock or being a foolish one who don't do them, which equates to you being sand. And we know if I'm looking at me and you, if I'm a rock and you're saying sand, rock is the strongest. And that's what God wants us to be, strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He wants us to be that rock. So he says, don't be ashamed and do me, do Christianity all the time. Don't just do it on Sundays because believe me, as I'm reading the scripture, I got a picture of, I know a lot of Christians, they just do God on Sundays. Oh, they doing real good too on Sundays, Richard. They give you a, a great church experience on Sunday. Come Monday, they cussing you out again. <laughs> Come Monday, they back at you again. We're gonna get you, cause on Sunday we 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 act the best we gonna act throughout well, the week.
1: You know anybody can fake it for an hour, right? I don't care what you think. I don't care how you live. I don't care what you do. Anybody can fake it for an hour. It's where the rubber meets the road is the the other 167 hours in a week
2: well that's why he said here's these sins of mine and does them well yeah he, and then he talked about spiritual stuff that you did in in a service you cast them in like, yeah yeah you did that okay what about um, you didn't you saw somebody hungry because remember Jesus said uh I was hungry and you didn't feed me I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink I was naked and you didn't close me I was sick and in prison. And you, you didn't, didn't come even. and visit me. But I cast some demons out, Lord. I did some signs what, and wonders.
1: And when did we ever see you hungry? Right. When did we ever see you naked? When did we ever see well, you said, thirsty? When did we ever see you Well, he said, you
2: know what? When you didn't do it for the least of these, you, you didn't do it for me. Or when you did do it for the least of these, you did it for me. So I'm reminded of this other scripture when Jesus was talking to them, I think some religious leaders or some Christians or something, and they said, yeah, we did this and that. He says, Yeah, you should have did that, but you shouldn't have neglected that as well. You should have did that. That was a good thing, but you should have did that, which reminds me of the rich young ruler. He said, He started blowing out all the stuff he was doing. Lord, I kept this, that, and, and other.
1: stuff you say, say, Yeah, yeah,
2: but you still lack one thing. And here's again, we are always lacking one thing. That's why it tells us in First Peter, add to your faith. Add some some of this to your faith. Add some of that. we we're almost, we're always adding to it. Cause remember, because We're building, we're being built on a holy, as a holy house. And Jesus is the master builder. He's always building us up.
1: That's why the scripture says, where your treasure is, so your heart shall be too. The rich young ruler had this stuff and Jesus said, sell it and give to the poor. Well, he couldn't do it. In his own mind, he couldn't do it. We see where his heart was. His heart was actually in his treasure. He could say, yes, I've followed this and I've done that and I've done the other thing. But his heart... Was set on the stuff that he had.
2: Back to the scripture, verse twenty-two, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then what Jesus replied, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Well, where, where, (laughs) I never knew you.
1: Where is the heart of most of the people in America? I mean, when you look at the rich young ruler, says that he couldn't sell his, he couldn't do it because he has so much stuff. And so, obviously, his heart is there in his stuff with his treasure. Look at where the most American's heart is. Our heart's in our treasure. One of, the, one of the things I think that hinders Americans walk with God more than anything else is we have plenty. Oh, yeah. We're in the land. This is the land of plenty. And so, it's not because we have lack. It's because we have plenty. And we have got what I call fat, dumb, and happy, where we have almost everything that we want we have pretty much everything that we need. And because of it, we start to think more highly of ourselves than we probably should, and it's easy to forget God. And I can't remember what scripture it was, um, maybe it was in Joshua, where he says, when, when you tab the land and everything's going good, don't, don't forget, forget me. That's what America's done. Everything goes pretty good in a, yeah, but, you know, your car breaks down, things like that happen but in general in america things are going pretty well and because of it we have tended to forget god it's almost as if you don't need him yes i know where god is i know he's he's on the wall behind the in this little container that says in case of emergency break glass and so i know where i can get him if i need him but in general, everything's going pretty smooth, and, and I think that's what's happened to America. Is When you read the book of Judges, what I see and what sticks out to me is when the Israelites are doing really well. They've got a judge that's doing what God wants done, and they're following God. Everything's going good. Then they get to where everything's going good, and they forget God. So what does God do? He allows the Midianites to come in and take their crops. He allows something to happen so that they have trouble. And what happens? As soon as they have trouble, man, they turn right back to God. But then all of a sudden, things start going good for 40 years, and they forget about him. And so he allows these things to come back into their life so that they'll be remembered. Think back about 9-11, 2001. I saw... Within a week, congressmen and women right. standing on the steps of the capital. United States Capitol singing "God Bless America." Right? Can anybody, you anybody listening, anybody anywhere, tell me the last time you saw Congress people standing on the street, the Capitol steps, singing "God Bless America"? It was then. Soon as something bad happened, I
2: haven't seen it since.
1: Soon as something bad happened, boy, everybody. God well, bless America, well, see, but now you know what? as Soon as another attack didn't happen, now we've kind of fallen back. It's been 13 years, and it we've kind of forgotten a little bit. And man, you're not going to see it now,
2: right? Because they did that. That was out of, of devastation.
1: That was out of fear. Yeah, fear
2: and devastation. And oh, when we be to see God, but see, here's the deal: we should have continued in that. Right. That's what that I'm saying. I should have been even greater we shouldn't be we got
1: fat dumb and happy again everything back to normal Mm -hmm. and what do we need God for well and that's all
2: through the scriptures and it's for us too you know the Bible is for our spiritual enrichment and edification and God wants us not to just be hearers only of his word in any and every situation and circumstance that we come up against but he wants us to be doers of the word not just hearers only because he tells us if we're hearers only we're deceiving ourselves but if we're doers we'll be blessed in what we do and again Right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you continue to go through this week, keep walking by faith.